1: Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply.
0: It's not about me. I'm only here for a minute. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit,
2: won't you let me try?
3: Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. I am Mark Lazarus of The Athletic, joined by Scott Powers of The Athletic. We are in The Athletic's official Podmobile, my Mazda, where we have the best acoustics, frankly, of any place we ever do this podcast, so it always sounds really pristine when we're in here. We are sitting outside the United Center atrium where Kyle Davidson just had his what do, we, what do we call it, a reintroductory press conference? <laughs> he, he had an introductory press conference back in October when Stan Bowman was ousted. Actually, I guess it was when Derek King was hired. I don't even remember. Yeah, anymore. he didn't have an introductory like press conference. This is like 500 years this year has taken. so. Yeah,
2: this has been the longest pandemic anyway life, this was more official because yeah he got
3: to he got to take pictures holding a jersey Ryan Carpenter. He didn't, yeah he sold ryan carpenter's number i don't know if that's a sign that he ryan also carpenter's bumped carpenter's the story i wrote created. about ryan carpenter for today and so you'll get your <laughs> yes.
2: Ryan carpenter story the later. ryan
3: carpenter expose that scott spent the last four years reporting oh my god you won't believe it uh actually no but that'll run later in the week because it got uh that's that's news man news happens
2: yep um yeah, it, it, it's funny because, I guess, pulling back the curtain a little bit, we've been talking about, like, well, should we write something for today? Like, it feels like they're going to announce a GM. <laughs> but what, then you asked me, do you know then? I said, I don't, so I better write something. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Carpenter it was. And then Frank Cervelli broke the news last night. And, um, yeah, uh, full credit to Frank. He had it for a long time by himself. Yeah, you
3: very rarely see a scoop last that long. He got that, like, in the early evening. And, God, I mean, we didn't confirm. You didn't confirm it until the morning today. I was trying yeah. all night, and I was unsuccessful. So yeah. the Hawks almost
2: had it on lockdown. It's uh, it, the Blackhawk circle is, and I, I think it's almost like it. You see it with even the people at the press conference. Like the circle's really small right now. It's there's a leadership committee, and even hockey ops. It's a lot of people aren't even based here. You know, like Mart Eden's based out. Uh, you know, an assistant GM based out in uh, Bo- out in uh Rhode Island or you know one of, uh, somewhere, out east. somewhere and, out east. and then in you know uh, Ryan Stewarts based in uh, I think uh, one of the Carolinas and um yeah just it's yeah I mean you saw Mark Bernard there today but it's there used to be like a, a contingent that walked yeah. around Stan Bowman <laughs> um It's posse uh, What what are your takeaways it's you know like we we know a lot about Kyle Davidson you know or you know a decent amount you know having um, you know, just talking to people about him over the last four months, and you know, kind of seeing least you know, following his moves, and you know what, what we've been able to, to gather from his hockey decisions, and what we've heard about him as a person. Is there anything you learned today that you didn't know, or or, 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 or I guess even I guess even taking a step further back, like are you surprised that it's Kyle Davidson?
3: Um, no, and no. <laughs> I mean, for, let's face it—a press conference setting where you stack the the audience with. You know, cheering supporters from the uh, front office that are now employees of Kyle Davidson. You're not gonna. It, it's gonna be a happy moment. It's gonna be positive spin. Um, I don't think there was nothing new. I mean, if you're a Blackhawks fan and you haven't been paying that much attention, you heard a lot of the things you want to hear, right? You heard that. Um, that they understand where they're at. They're not pretending that it's somewhere else. John Dietz asked, "Is this a or was it Phil Thompson? I think it was Phil Thompson." Asked, "This is a rebuild or a retool?" And very quickly, Kyle said, "No, this is a rebuild." And we know it could take years. He goes, "I don't want to put a number on it, but if it's three five, And then he stopped talking because you don't want to ever put a number on it in that position. But they understand that this isn't a quick fix, and that's what you want because the there were there were a couple of not so veiled shots at Stan Bowman during this. Danny Wertz and Kyle Davidson both said some iteration of, "We are going to." Put together a plan and have the patience to stick with it. Because if there's been one thing that's been, you know, plaguing this franchise the last few years on the ice, it's been this, you know, whiplash changes of direction where it's a, you know, it's a win now and then it's a rebuild, and then it's a win now again, and there's never been a plan. They never really stuck with anything. And that's why you have so many promising young players maybe you get traded away because you, you know, you don't have the patience to develop them. And all the things that you and I have been harping on forever now. There was a full blown acknowledgement of by both Kyle Davidson and Danny Wuerth, and that's what you want to hear because you I think
2: that's especially significant from, significant from Danny because he he promoted Stan and like he had a chance to walk away from Stambone, and instead of uh, you know hiring a new GM during the bubble they they made him they gave, they gave him a him bigger more power. so I, I think that's significant too that I that I it sounds like in a lot of different ways whether it's been the broadcasting or this that I, I think for for Jamie Faulkner and Danny Wuerth that they're like they've learned things about the organization hockey-wise and elsewhere that I don't think, you know, like they didn't know going into this whole process. Yeah,
3: I mean, and that's part of it, right? When you bring in outside people, they don't necessarily have a full grasp of what's going on. And Kyle Davidson, people are, so there's a contingent in the fan base that's either shrugging at this or is mad about it because it's an internal hire. It's a member of Stan Bowman's staff, someone who's been here since 2011 he's mm-hmm. been in the organization, since starting out as an Ice Hogs intern. Um, they're like, well, it's just more of the same. And that's not necessarily true because, you know, you have some outsiders in theory in Danny Wirtz and Jamie Falker, and then you have an insider who has seen everything that's gone wrong. And, you know, talking to people around uh, Kyle Davidson, talking to Kyle Davidson a little bit on the road here and there, you get the sense that he wasn't always fully on board with some of the stuff that's gone on. And if you're the assistant GM or you're lower down the food chain, what can you do? You don't have any kind of veto power. This is, this is the hockey ops of any team is built in a way where the GM has all the power. Maybe the team president can overrule like John McDonough did from time to time. Yeah. But if you're an assistant GM, all you can do is speak your piece, and you have no real power. No real significant influence over what actually happens. So just because you worked for Stan Bowman doesn't mean you aligned with Stan Bowman. And I think that Kyle has a much more realistic view of what is here than... You know Stan Bowman's last couple of years, where he always tried to put a positive spin on it. every every next prospect was going to be the next great player, and every player they had was just one step away from being a superstar. And I think there's more of a realism there, well, the, and that's the, not fun and that's not exciting. Yeah. But you need that.
2: Well, the, the benefit is that Davidson walks into it as a fresh slate, right? Like I, I think at some point Stan Bowman was able to take a little bit more of a step back, you know, and and then you get desperate, you know, like you you start justifying your moves because Stan Bowman got criticized a lot, and you know it, it's his moves, and so. I think today it's easy to step back and be like, "This is what where things have gone wrong. We need to improve it." I think it's it's when it's it's your moves and you know like the de- trade deadline is going to be like so far he's made very small trades that you know like you get rid of Nylander and a lot of people applauded that you know like yep. it's 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 these moves ahead. like like what you whether you trade Dylan Strom and what you get for Dylan Strom like there's there, they're going to start being decisions that are put him under a microscope you know like right. it, and I think that'll be the interesting part to see how he reacts to that and how you how you actually go cuz even today's this press conference felt very there's a lot of generalities expressed you Platitudes, know like yeah there's just there's a lot of um, you know, like shifting paradigms, thinking outside the box.
1: Things yeah, like that, yeah. You
2: know? So it, it, when when you put that stuff into play, you know, like what do you do with your uh, your hockey ops? How are you actually improving? Or you know, like is Mark Kelly staying? Is um, and, and there's time for a lot of these questions and a lot of it. You know, I think as we wrote today, even that it, some of this stuff comes in the off season. But um, yeah, I, I think the first first and foremost, it's going to be the trade trade deadline, and uh, you know, we expounded on that today too. Like this is his first chance to. Um, you know, really set his, you know, I guess just set the path for this organization like this. You have so many players that could be traded and um, and who could be moved and um, the, the other part I found really interesting today, you know, I, I guess the, you know, we had a chance to ask questions to, to Danny Wirtz and about... First of the- all, can we just talk about the fact that Rocky Wirtz was on stage <laughs> with a microphone? I was legitimately
3: shocked. I thought we would never hear from Rocky Wirtz again outside of a pre written statement form like in the in this morning. I couldn't believe he was on there. I didn't I'm not gonna. I'm not there to start shit. That would have been performative, I think, to do that. But I was just genuinely surprised that he he only answered one question. It was very simple and Kyle related. But I was genuinely surprised that he was on the stage. Yeah, no,
2: it's yeah, he was he could have thrown the mic at you if he wanted to. He could have. He could have. that close. Still have not heard from him directly, other than that forwarded email. But um, <laughs> the uh, the the other question today, I think, was the process. You know, like you you've heard about like we we heard a lot about it. most of the candidates they revealed. Uh, you know, you heard about uh, Jeff Greenberg and the baseball side, and it sounds like he was pretty close to getting it. And, you know, uh, you know, the questions asked about the advisory committee, and it's, it sounds like they brought the committee in at the end, you know, when it was, it was just the finalists, so they interviewed those three people. So it had already been up to Danny Wertz and Jamie Flockner, and obviously they had gotten some input from Sports And that advisory committee was all
3: one-on-one interviews. Like, each candidate interviewed with each advisory committee. It wasn't like some kind of group setting.
2: From what I've heard, that they – I, it sounds like most of the committee was impressed by by Jeff Greenberg. Greenberg like, yeah. like I think that put some pause into, um, into, into the whole you know final decision. That I don't know if they expected that. You know, I and you put all three cannons out there, and they all they're all viable in their own way. But it, it I don't know. If, you know, I, I'm I'm sure Jeff Greenberg was thought as a long shot going into that, and I, I it, it, it felt like a like a like a look how
3: clever we are kind of thing at the beginning. I think they surprised themselves yeah. with how impressed. they are. Maybe that's just a sign. Let's be honest of how far behind the curve hockey thinking is to other sports thinking, because, you know, we were talking, Jeff Greenberg, you know, he had these modern ideas of training and developing and things that are commonplace in baseball, but not in hockey. Hockey's always 10, 15 years behind everything. They were 10, 15 years behind the other sports in analytics. They're 10 to 15 years behind in
2: developing and things like that. To, to be fair, though, though I, I don't know if it transfers over. Like, you can talk about all these things. But you things. can talk well, yeah, no, I th- about I, th- I think he, the unknown is what, what sells, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, we, you know, we're, it's we're, exciting. We're, we're, we're
3: revolutionary over here. I think, let's be honest, you and I were probably, let's be honest, from a strictly our job standpoint, yeah. Jeff Greenberg getting hired would be so much more interesting. Oh, would like, been, no be, no be, knock on Kyle Davidson, oh. who seems like a perfectly good guy to work with. It could have been like, a complete disaster. We would have, but we we would have, have been run weird. weeks at least out of this hire. All the stories we could have, all the new people we could have talked to. And then if it does become a disaster down the road, oh my God, the, the, the post-mortems we could have done. Kyle Davidson is safe and fine. And we'll write about it for about a day and a half, and then people will lose interest. Jeff
2: Greenberg would have been amazing on so many levels. Like, they're bunning over, like, yeah, play. <laughs>
3: Well, they had that game. I don't even remember where it was, but they had, like, two baseball goals in the side. I think Kirby Dock and uh, Dylan Strome <laughs> with the pass over to, that he batted over. Yeah, there's a couple of those. Um, yeah, they set, like, set up, like, some kind of bullpen or something for you guys. There's a backup goalie. Just were, we're just
2: taking shots in the hallway. In the Players tunnel. come off the ice, and they're staying and <laughs> <in> the <laughs> shooting. Um, yeah, it, it, I, but... I, and we, again, we wrote about this last week too, but it, it felt like that was a risk, you know, like, and, and any of them are a risk, and, and again, regardless of who that comes in this job, like, you're, you're starting off pretty, yeah, there's a lot of moves to be made, you know, like, you... You you have, like, you're, you're given to Brinkett and Jones and these large salaries that are coming, and then you have decision to Kane and Taves, and, you know, like, you just don't have enough, and you may have enough defensively, but uh, you also, all your goalies are about to become free agents, and, you like, you're an expansion team in some ways, you know, like, you're, you're starting, like, there has to be so much that, even, you know, Kyle Davidson, you know, mentioned about just, you know, replenishing the the prospect pipeline and it, there, there's so many parts of this organization you feel like it needs just to be reworked and um yeah i i i thought the other thing was that kyle davidson said that he he knew a lot of people didn't know him like he came out and said he's like I, yeah. I know you know a lot of fans you know don't mow me and that's and i think that's the part that's he's gonna have to win them over in some yeah, ways there's,
3: there's a lot of skepticism and if you're not skeptical, you're just meh this. Nobody's like,
2: hell yeah, Kyle
3: Davidson! And it's because they don't know him. Yeah. And, and, and and you and I talked about this last night when we were figuring out what to do. And, you know, the, he wasn't allowed to speak on the records of the media for the entire four months he was interim GM yeah. because he was also a candidate for the job and they didn't quite know how to handle it. So he was just kind of off limits for speaking on the record. So he was never really introduced to fans beyond Derek King's introductory press conference. Yeah. That's the only time he talked publicly. So it was an interesting spot. But, like you know, all the stuff you're talking about, I mean, we, we have a story on The Athletic Now about you know, our five-step plan back to success, and it's a really, really difficult five-step plan that's very involved, and each step has multiple facets to it. There are many more steps. There are a lot of steps within those steps. And it's, uh, you know, so on the one hand, it was the perfect opportunity to come in and just go crazy outside the box with a, a Jeff Greenberg-type hire because what have you got to lose? You're starting from scratch. On the other hand, you need the safe one because you need someone who can actually get you out of this and know that you can get you out of this instead of setting you back another few years. So it was a really fascinating hire in that way. I think Matthew Darsh was never... I mean, he's a finalist, but he it, he's just kind of... Everything know, I
2: heard was that everyone thought that he didn't have enough experience. Well, that's...
3: that's people. People... You know that aren't paying that much attention. That's going. Oh, he's from Tampa. He's an executive at Tampa. Yeah. Why wouldn't you hire some? He's only been there a couple of years. Yeah, 19, he's 2019. It's not and... like he's a disciple of Iserman like Julian yeah. briesbois
2: is. He wasn't necessarily creating those teams that won cups. Like, right. He, kind of he came in just as they were started to win the cups. It's a, I mean, he sounds like a very impressive person, and obviously he blown. You know, like he's he's been a finalist from a number of. Positions. It's never
3: like, a bad idea to get someone from a successful organization yeah. either. I mean, at the very least, the Blackhawks. Successfully use this entire process to probably get some interesting ideas. I'm sure Jeff Greenberg has some interesting ideas, and Darsh and Mellenby, and even Chiarelli and, and Eric Tolsky, all these guys brought in some interesting ideas that maybe they steal and implement. I mean, that's part of the interview process. Yeah. is If you're a candidate, you kind of have to give up a little bit. You got to give up some intel that you would do and what you would do. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, a little dance you have to do where you want to give away what you want to do, but not give away your entire uh, mission and, and, and ideas. But So I'm sure the Blackhawks learned a lot from this process, and Kyle Davidson can incorporate that we talk about that with players all the time you steal from other people right you steal from other players that's what they're going to wind up doing with this
1: looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 u.s based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right
0: You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
3: Um, what, what else do we get from this? It was interesting. He talked about Jonathan Taves and, and, and Patrick Kane. You know, We've talked about this a lot that on July 13th this year, that's what four months away, less than about four months away. They will be eligible for a contract extension. And every day that goes by that they don't have one, that's gonna become a bigger and bigger story. I remember I Can you imagine
2: next season? This
3: is what I'm saying. In 2014, it was eight days. Eight days in the and we were like, oh my god, they haven't signed days in K. We we're all freaking out and writing these stories. Can you imagine how that's gonna be when it's October? When it's November, when it's the fucking trade deadline and they're still unsigned for next year, they have to decide if they're going to allow that to happen. There's so many, you know, touched on this in the story today, there's so many little angles to this, you know. Do you sign, can you sign one and not the other? Can you extend Patrick Kane this summer, but go Jonathan Taze, We want to see a little bit more out of you. Can you treat him that way? Can one of them be paid more than the other? Obviously, Patrick Kane is worth more money right now. Well, than can, Jonathan can one Taze of them or
2: both of them be like, we don't want to be here? That, that, that's of course that's
3: an aspect too. Do they want to be here? do they want to go somewhere else and check like out? If, if I'm them and I just heard what I heard, like, do I want to sit here for three to five years? Like, it's they like, could be traded this summer. It doesn't have to be a trade deadline. They could, have a full year of contract. They could theoretically or be they traded could just the walk. I I, I don't. And the Blackhawks could retain salary. They have yeah. the room to do that. Yeah,
2: like I feel like if you're going to retain salary, like it's it's easier to do it during the deadline. Right, like like you're, well, you're part of the season. the season. yeah, yeah. Like to, to go into a season, yeah, but they could do it. No,
3: for sure. Like yeah. they had, they're not trying to win, quote unquote, next yeah. year. So they could certainly eat you know half of those salaries. Yeah, and and still have still have more salary, more room to deal with.
2: I think I think for Kane, you would get closer to that ten point
3: five. He's still a ten million dollar guy. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taves love him to death. He's not a ten million dollar guy. No, he's a very important person in this in this organization. Uh, he sells tickets. He sells jerseys. That stuff matters still. But he is not a ten million. million not. The, player.
2: I don't think he's that. And I think the problem is that he's more valuable here than anywhere else at this point, right? Like yes. He he doesn't probably sell tickets or sell jerseys unless it's Winnipeg. Winnipeg maybe. potentially, yeah. But does he want that?
3: Yeah. Um, it, it it's just it's such there's I'm fascinated by the idea that these guys are in their mid30s now and they've never had a dif- separate contracts they have always they came up together and they've signed the exact same contract all the way through. And there's, there are egos
2: at play here. Well, it, it helps that you it, have the same agent, which has, like, helped in the process, sure. you know? Like, it's like if you had two different agents, like, that might have That wouldn't have been and... the case, but it is. It's
3: yeah. like the Sedins. It's like they're basically brothers at this point. And yeah. what do you do now that they have diverged in their career paths? Jonathan Taves, because of the health issues and, and just the, his heavy style of play, is not the same player he once was. Is he comfortable? So is he going to be offended if he's going to get four or five million dollars less than Kane. Is Kane going to be comfortable taking that much more than his, you know, longtime uh, running buddy here? I mean, there's there's all these little, like, never mind the hockey, there's all these little, like, ego things you have to worry about, and they're humans, they're going to, these things matter to them, so it's, it's going to be a fascinating process, and if they do not extend them or announce we're not signing them or trade them, if they don't do that this summer, that's going to be a story every single day. Every city they go into, if reporters are back in the locker room, which as we hope they will be, you're going to have every Canadian reporter, God, every time they're in there, oh, Jonathan taste, where are you going to be next year? Where are you going to be next year? Patrick Kane, where are you going to be? It's going to be a whole thing. There's going to be shit stirrers all over the place trying to make that into a huge story, including you and me. Because <laughs> it's going to be a huge story. So that's a, a significant decision. And, and what Kyle said today basically was they're not going to be surprised. We're not gonna cat ke- We're not. We're not gonna mark Andre Flurry. Them. As he said, and not. Well, it anyways.
2: helps them, and they both have no movement clauses, and so like, there's only so much you you can do right. with that too. So,
3: but they're gonna be involved in the discussion, which is all they've ever really wanted.
2: Yeah. I, I, part of the problem, and and, and you asked a question at the question to end about Jamie Faulkner about how much you know the hockey and business operations are, are connected. You know, one one has to help the other. Um, you know, if you take especially if you take Kane off the ice, I don't know if the product you have here is, you know, like, it's just, it's not the same value, you know? Like, Kane's a reason that people come to these games. He's still, uh, you know, there was some analytics the other day where he, was, he has the most dangerous uh, passes in the league. Like, he creates the most offensive chances for teammates. Like, he, uh, a lot of what the Blackhawks do is still runs through Kane. Like, the Brinkett's become a star... Um, but that's also largely because of Kane and the way he plays. Dabrinkit's not a guy who makes his own offense. Like, Hagel's a really nice player, but people, I don't see Hagel jerseys being, you know, like there's, uh, I, don't, I don't, you know, I see some, I've seen more debrinket jerseys, but it's still Kane and Taves, and, and it's a lot of that's, um, because of the success this team has had, too. So you couple it without, you know, not having the superstars without them taking away the, the success of the team, and uh, yeah, people aren't as interested, so I, I Yeah, I wonder from just from a business standpoint, like how much can you walk away from those players, and how much. you know, I, I'm sure that not, a lot of that stuff isn't on Kyle Davidson's mind, but for Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner, it has to be. And like, it plays into Kyle Davidson's decision-making. You need, you need, Like, as much as you don't want a business op to tell hockey ops what to do, like, some of that has to factor into it. Like, it just it, it does. Like, that's just the reality of it. it it's
3: impressive right now that they're getting 19,000 fans a game, or at least that's the announcement. They're getting big crowds lately. Big, boisterous, having fun crowds. You know, the, the the game against the Devils was a rollicking good time. The the kids' day on Sunday was fun until, like, the Blues just completely choked at life. I think they be- I mean, jokes, part
2: of it's I think people are just want to, you know... Well, like, they can get in now. These are yeah. these are
3: all the fans that couldn't get in for all the the glory years because it was $7,000 to take a family of four to the game. Yeah. You can get in the door for 20 bucks now.
2: And then I think people just want to get
3: in. How out long and, is that going to last, yeah. though? Yeah, like, no, for sure. Like, no. if they're like still bad days, two yeah. years from yeah, now... I mean, we've
2: seen days this year where it's just been... Yeah, dizzimal. and not just because of snow. Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah, no, it'll be... Uh, we, there, there was a lot of talk about the, the, the cultural change stuff too. Obviously, that's that's going to be an ongoing story. I know that there's a segment of the fan base that doesn't give a shit and doesn't want to hear about it, but it's it's important to the organization and it's important to us. And um, it was interesting because Danny Wirtz was when he was waxing poetically about Kyle, he said, you know, there were times where you know I knew he was a leader because he was stepping up and making his presence felt uh, during some of the darkest times in the organization. So I asked him to follow up on that to to elaborate. And uh, I, was, I was curious, is, is that a Kyle Beach thing or what? He said it was like the summer of George Floyd. He was, you know, they, he sent out an email talking about DEI, diversity, uh, diversity uh, uh, equity, and inclusion. Um, and in issues like that, and he said that Kyle Davidson was the first email he got saying, I want in, I want to help. And, and that's good. That's great. That's wonderful. We want, you know, the, the, we'll, need, we'll need to see action before we give him any credit. But again, what Rocky Wirtz said at the town hall earlier or last month now, um, overshadows everything. And, you know, I've had, I've had people talk to me about that, that want jobs with the Blackhawks organization. They're like, tell me like, I'm rethinking it now because yeah. of that, because that's ultimately who you're reporting to. But I think today was another example that I do think that Danny Wertz, Jamie Faulkner, and yes, Kyle Davidson want to be forces for good in the hockey world. Can they be, will they be, is it even possible to change hockey culture? I don't know, yeah. but I would like to think, and maybe this is incredibly naive of me, And for someone as cynical as I am, it's probably weird to hear. I really do think that if something like Kyle Beach happened in this regime, it would be handled differently. I I do honestly believe that. At least, Christ, I want to believe that.
2: Yeah, I I, yeah, I think we all want to believe that. Just yeah, I don't know. Hockey culture—it's it's it's really tough to break through. Like a lot of stuff, you, you can yeah, at the corporate level, like it's it's become standard and. Um, it's it's the hockey culture that it's really difficult to break through. And it's, uh, yeah, just, it's, it's, this is the way it's been for a long time. And it's a lot of people who are just uh, stuck in their bubbles. And how, uh, you know, once you get in that bubble, it's, it's hard to learn. And, um,
3: yeah, I don't, and I don't know
2: how much a general manager
3: of a hockey team can really affect that. I don't know. And, and,
2: and, and Jamie Faulkner talked about it last time about the grassroots level. And I, and I think some of it has to, has to start there. Um, you know, that's something I think they can control a little bit more. Um, you know, you can, you can present a lot of things to NHL players, but it's up to them. Like it's yeah. you know, like it's it's really up to them if they wanna to learn and you, you certainly wanna put people in place so that Stan Bowman and El Isaac and certainly John McDonough or you know, even Joe Quinville, those those type of decisions aren't made again and someone does the right thing and um, so you, you hope that you, you I guess you hope that you weed out some of those people or you find the right people that you think have um, the morals that they go along with that. But when it comes to it, yeah, I don't know. Like, hockey, culture, just, it's, uh, you know, we we continue to see the same stuff. So I, I, well,
3: I It really does feel to me, it's, it's like society in general, and I'm working on a story that's kind of tangential to this, and all, and same thing has come up a lot. It's like young guys coming into the league now and youth hockey largely don't have some of these issues that we have in the NHL these days because future generations, I mean, in theory, always get better. Like, my kids are better than... Than my generation and, and, and my parents, I was better than my parents' generation, and you know they're they're more aware and they're more sensitive and they're more self-aware and, and they understand these things and, and they're important to them and they don't even think about them in some ways in, in a negative way. It, it, it's always fascinating to hear my kids talk about race and things like that throughout Black History Month. It was interesting to hear my six-year-old talk about like Ruby Bridges and just like matter-of-factly like I can't believe they did this. I'm six years old. Why am I smarter than the sixty-year-olds in this country? But it's, it's,
2: it also depends on where you grew up because that's well, not but, always. But it's uh, not everywhere
3: exactly, and we we keep seeing even at the youth hockey level. I've heard. All kinds of horror stories. Oh, we've, yeah. we've chased trying to write stories about you know racism in the youth hockey level in India, in Illinois. We've all the stuff that Katie Strang's written about the the the, the some of the monsters that run youth hockey throughout the country and in Chicago, and you know, and all that's disheartening. I'd like to think it's going to get better, but it, it's going to take some kind of systemic change, and I'm not sure hockey is fully capable of that.
2: You you need someone like Kyle Davidson, from what he said, to actually implement it. Like you can't just be like, this is what I want to do. I think you need to go beyond that with the players in the team. Like, there has to be things that are presented to them that make them think outside the box or think them, right. you know, just you need to find them the ways to engage them that they haven't been engaged before. Um, and, yeah, you know, just if I didn't get, an, an, like, when George Floyd happened, a lot of people stood up, Jonathan Taves included, yeah. uh, that made statements, you know, that had them, you know, like they were thoughtful and really. Um, Yeah, passion statements, and and we've seen all that stuff vanish. Like, it's it's those type of moments that bring on... It turns out writing
3: end racism on the end of the end zone doesn't actually end racism. Yeah, so, yeah,
2: it's, you know, it's going to take so much more, so it's... um I know there are a lot of people, you know, and that's a lot to put at the 33 year old general manager of the Blackhawks. For Hawks sure, team, but, but but that but that was the, but the, but I feel like that's like that's on Danny Wirtz and, exactly. and like they 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 could have chosen anyone for this position and knowing what the Blackhawks just went through, you had to find the right person that uh, they covered you hockey wise certainly, but it, but it's, it goes so much more beyond that. It. So, yeah. it's like, difficult that may be on a a young general manager. Like that's what the job is, right? Like that that has to be. Uh, that has to be, and then it has to be on us too that we continue to ask about it, right? Like it has to be. Uh, I, I think
3: that's. Yeah, we can't. We we you you, we, you and I can't move on from it until it's actually changed and it never change So we can't move on from yeah, it. And for sure. People are going to have to get used to seeing the name Kyle Beach and other things like that in store hockey stories for the long, long time. And you
2: didn't even talk about Max Shalunov today, so like. It's... I
3: was outrageous, frankly. I think I was. I was. It was a huge omission, sin of omission.
1: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a fifteen-hundred-dollar first bet offer on your first wager.
3: Um, well, look—we're look, 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 we're three weeks out from the trade deadline here. We should probably talk about that a little bit. Um, the more I talk to people, the more I say, I hear, "Oh, this first round's not that great anyway. Don't worry about it." Yeah. But that's not really how this works. I mean, you need. Well, you, you, you just you
2: need you need stockpile players and figure right. out who's good and who's they, not good. They right? have three
3: third round picks, but third round picks very rarely pan out. Yeah. They, they become like your your Dennis Gilberts of the world. So you you need you need you know for every Brandon Sod or Alex. Oh, well, even second-rounders. Second round. I mean, you look at the yeah. Graham Nods. It's and, Sod and it. That's it. That, that those are the only substantial second round picks the Blackhawks have had in the last like decade. Yeah. In fact, before that, you had you know Seabrook and uh, or or Keith. One of those, was, I think Keith was a second rounder. Jamerson, was, a was a fourth rounder, yeah. but it, it, it you can't you know stockpiling picks is not a
2: avenue to success. First round picks,
3: generally speaking, become NHLers. Yeah.
2: Like, I mean, I guess it, it, it depends on you. I mean, if they can get a bunch of third, second, like the more at this point because how. Like, these aren't guys you all have to sign. So I, I think having a lot of prospects isn't a bad formula for the Blackhawks sure. right now just because th- their their pool is really, it's 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 down, you know? Like, you need, I think you need a lot of guys and see who pans out. Like, that's not a bad formula. Um, I, don't, I don't know what, you, how, you know, like, ultimately, like, you have a lot of guys you can trade. There's only so many that are going to bring back first-round picks. Maybe you get creative and you are moving other people, but I don't think that you just want to, you want to get a first round pick just because you don't have one. You know, like it's, its its a challenge. Like, like Brandon Hagel's name name continues to come up, and I don't think you just you you want to trade Hagel for a first rounder because again, for all first rounders, he's more I'm, valuable than a first rounder, right? He's right? A Unless commodity. he's a top ten pick, you know, and, and no one's going to trade a top ten pick for Brandon Hagel. So, like, there's that balance of just, yeah, it, it's it's a challenge because you you don't have a lot of players that probably are going to bring back a whole lot of early round picks, but. At this point... It also, guys, you probably aren't going to keep... So whatever you can get, you, you probably take and... Um, you have to... Yeah... And that's the challenge, too, is that, I mean, Kyle Davidson probably doesn't have a first-round pick next year, you know? Yeah. Like, you're starting off this rebuild uh, in the worst way because you'd ideally start a rebuild with a top-five <laughs> pick, you know? And, and you're not going to have that. So. Well, yeah, the
3: the, this, the 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 previous rebuild, the real rebuild, came when you got Taves and Kane in consecutive first rounds. That's how you built a winner. <laughs> and, and, and,
2: and, and and honestly, I mean, the Blackhawks should be in a different place. Like, you had two top-ten picks in Boakwist and Doc, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Bogwist is gone, and, and, and Doc, it's going to take some more time. So Well, this all go, this all
3: goes into the patience thing, right? And we don't know how many years Kyle is signed just yet. That is information I'm sure we'll find out on our own soon. But, you know, we, yes, the trade deadline is three weeks, three weeks away, and he can start making moves that can affect it, everything soon. But it's going to be years before we know if that was a successful trade deadline, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like when you're a winner and you're making a rental in like Antoine oh and but,
2: but but we'll have... Very hard. like Oh, hard like, opinions. We will have very hard opinions, yes. <laughs> but I, I feel like the stroll, like, they're, they're players. You know what
3: the best job is? Is being like, what is it, Custance and Gentilly and uh, McIndoe and Corey Prom and trade grades. Trade grades. Trade, trade grades, grades, grades. grades. You get to say whatever the hell you want. And there's no accountability whatsoever because nobody four months from now or four years from now will go back, hey, what were the trade grades on that? That's a sweet gig. And everybody wants to read the trade grades. Yeah. Those trade grades will get a million times more views than whatever the hell we write on trade Atlantic I'm doing day. trade grades this year, too. I want to do trade grades. I want to get done on that. That's a guy. That's a. But but,
2: but I and this is where it's at. It's, it's it's the Blackhawks don't have a lot of high-end offensive talent, and and all of a sudden you're talking about potentially trading two of their better ones already. You right. know, like so I I think they're like what he what he gives up for Kubalik or if he trades Strom or like I, yeah I, I think do you trade Dylan Strom if you're them? We all know what I think at this point. I don't. Well, here's, here are the two questions that I have for it. It's it's one. What do you resign Strom for? <laughs> like you you have to qualify him, and then two. And, and this is a lot harder one, is can you win with Dylan Stroman in your lineup?
3: Well, I mean, the question is, do you have a spot for him in the top six, right? Because he can only play in the top six. We've learned that. Yeah. And he really needs to be playing center. Yeah. And he is one of your good, better face-off men. But if you have Lucas Reichel penciled in, and you have Kirby Dock penciled in, and you have Jonathan Taves back, where does he fit? Right. Like, I'm a believer that Kirby Dock could be moved to the wing, and that might be the best thing for him, because he's getting eaten. Sam
2: Lafferty's taking his face for him. It, it feels, like, Yeah, no. I, I, but it, it feels like... It, like the faceoffs are important. It just if like is that the only prerequisite to be a center? No, of course like, not. Like so, the Kirby Doc is twenty times a defensive player that Dylan Strome is. Yeah. So like, I think, is it okay just that your winger takes your faceoffs? Does it matter or does it?
3: Well, the problem is Strome has been really effective with oh, guys like sure. Kane and Dubrincik. Like yeah. he's he's making them better. Like Kane has been at his best with Strome. Dubrincik's been at his best with Strome. Hagel's been at his like Strome is making his line mates better. But if all goes well next year. He might not be your. He might be your fourth. Center. Well, here's
2: the other question: is that like, where do you like? It's a team that needs to improve, and like, where do you need to like, where do you improve then? Like, if if the Brinkett, Kane Strom Taves Doc, like, what do you like? Where's the actual improvement? Or is it like you, like where do you? Yeah, do you just bring back the same top six. Yeah, like yeah yeah.
3: I don't. I mean, granted, it's the bottom six that's been below average. It's a bunch of just kind of.
2: But like how much guys. do you expect out of your bottom six? Like what what is the well, value?
3: Well remember when this team was great, that third line was as good as any team's second line. Yeah when you had sharp vermette Teravainen. that's a third yeah. line from hell. But it, like I, I guess they're trotting out, you know, Henrik Borgstrom and you know Mackenzie Entwistle.
2: If, if you're if you're any other team in the league, like how many of these guys would you want on your team to, you know, become a contender? And I think the Brink and Kane and, and he- the, Hegel would be a very useful middle six player on really the good. And that's the thing, is that I, I think Hagel further down the lineup is is the key. Like, you, you want Brandon Hagel on your team, but you also don't want him to yeah. be on, you know. So I think that's, I, I mean, part of it's that, you know, Taves isn't the same player. You haven't got the same production um you know, from the centers, it's it's Strom being consistent. Like it's yep. Strom has to be a point of guy, a point a game guy. If he's and that's in the thing, he he has not had a
3: point in like what six 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 seven straight games now. Not after that big hot streak, but he's all around the net. Like they're they're creating yeah. chances with him on the ice. And, but, and that's, and, and but he's a liability in his own end. There's right. No two ways around that. Like,
2: like, there's the New Jersey game, and then there's the St. Louis game. Right. right. Like this is what But this nobody team... looked good in the St.
3: Louis game. Well, I mean, and they and, got eaten and, alive.
2: and that's the and like it's like ultimately when you face the best teams in the league, like they're, they they're they they haven't looked, they haven't looked good against St. Louis at all this season. So, like it. I get. I guess if your mentality is that we're going to rebuild. I think you'd trade Dylan Strome, or, or at least you, at least you're gonna see what you can get back. You know, like. But if, if you're gonna get a fourth rounder for him, I'd rather have him kicking around in my organization than somewhere else. Or, yeah, and I, I guess. And and. and like maybe Dillenstrom isn't the piece you you build around to win with, but is he the piece that just that you have and fills cap space and you know like he he's a guy that gives you some offense, he's and a useful he, player, and he's 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 a he's a placeholder. And, and don't forget, he's a placeholder for something. That's, that's that
3: just can. it, right? If you're three or four years out from winning, he's a guy that can play in your top six until you got better options. Yeah,
2: because I, I don't I don't think it will cost that much. Well, it depends on if he. I guess because you need to qualify him at three point. Whatever, three point six, three point seven, something yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, like, you have to be
3: committed to that because there's no reason why. I'll... But that's about what he's worth in the modern day NHL. A player who's going to be like a thirty to fifty point guy, right, somewhere in that range. A, a relatively productive player is going to that. They, they, that's about a three or four million dollar player in the NHL these days.
2: Well, I guess the other thing is that you can always be like, we're not going to qualify you, even if you just want to resign with us. I mean, that's... right? That's always a risk because sometimes that'll piss a guy off to the point where he wants to sign somewhere else too. And it, it, I mean, well, part of it's... I feel a, like we say that every... Like we that we, we know that Claire, Dylan, right? Dylan Strom has been marketed for a long time and no one wants him. Over a year, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess if he comes down at a
3: different price, like a 3.67... I, I would love... Like, this is another thing that I miss about being in the room right now. I would love to just sit down with Dylan Strome and just get his honest opinion of... Of, of the Blackhawks. Because I, I remember when he was at the, at his peak a couple years ago, and he was being a point to game guy and was saved in, from being a bust in Arizona, he talked about Arizona with such disdain in his voice. Like, he thought they, they misused him. They never gave him a chance. They never put him with skilled players. And it bothered him because they, they set him up to fail, and he felt that. I could tell he felt that. He didn't quite say that, but he felt that. And I wonder, I know he likes Chicago as a city. I know he loves a lot of guys on the team. He's close friends with with uh, Debrinkit. He's close friends with Kane. He likes it here a lot. The organization has kind of fucked with him a lot, up and down. But Derek King's been pretty good to him after that first month or so. He's consistently put him in a positive Does Derek does Dylan Strome like being here? I have
2: literally no idea. I I, but I feel like there's the other side of the conversations where when when Doc was hurt and, and Taves was out. Dylan Strom was given a top-six role, and, and he didn't produce. Like, Jeremy Colleton wanted – like, they didn't have many options. started last year as that guy, yeah. Yeah, like, they they, had, they didn't know P.S. Suter had anything in him. Like, it was more that Suter started producing and Strom didn't. Like, Derek King – Had a lot of motivation to play Strom, and Strom became a healthy scratch under (laughs) Derek King. So, like, I hate to say that it's everyone that's out to get the Dylan Strom because I think even when Dylan Strom was producing, that Derek King's like, ah, you know, away from the puck, we still, you know, so no,
3: he certainly plays a role in his own. (laughs) like,
2: Like, there's part of it where I don't like he's the type of player when he's on, like you can. I think coaches can turn a blind eye to some of the other stuff when he's yeah. not producing. That it's a little bit harder. So, yeah. Well, I, oh, I, Patrick I, Kane is a defensive nightmare too. Look at his his, yeah, but his, it, his defensive analytics
3: right. for his career are, are are ghastly. But who gives a shit? He scores a point a game, right? Like, and, yeah. I mean, he just he, he had yeah. He's, <laughs> he's one of the best players in the every, world. And who the cares if he doesn't play so. defense? So
2: when it's when Dylan Strom doesn't have a point for six right six games and 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 even if he's you know like he's having chances, like if the points aren't there and and if he's a liability, like it's harder to swallow. So yeah, I don't. I, I that's the challenge too is that. Where? How do you get to play the blues? Like, how do you get there? Right. You know, like
3: I mean, you watch them. You watch them on the forecheck and their strength on the puck and everything. And so the Blackhawks don't have anybody like that. Yeah. They don't have. It's funny because it's Brandon Saad. Brandon Saad's the guy I always think of who was just. Whenever he was on the ice, he was like he was like Marion Hossa that way. A lot he just was you couldn't take the puck off of him and he could drive play just by hanging onto the puck and, and just keeping guys off of him. There's nobody, literally nobody on the Blackhawks right now that can do that.
2: It's the inconsistencies like guys like Kubelik and stuff yeah. that they, when they're and not- the Blackhawks best puck carriers are all
3: small. Yeah. Sa- Saad and Hosa, those guys were even sharp, big strong guys taves went at his peak. Big strong guys. Who could play both ends of ice. The Blackhawks have a lot of skill and a lot, but enough skill. They don't have that combination of like strength. And it's not, it's not a size thing so much as it is a strength on the puck thing. They just don't have anybody that can just overwhelm you and just dominate you. They don't have anyone. The Blues have a bunch of guys
2: like that. Yeah, yeah. So and like, even like I wrote about Sam Lafferty last week, and Sam Lafferty, like he looks like he's a useful player, but he's fast, he's aggressive, he's a lot of things. But
3: the like how many? Aren't. Like it just it's it's. But what has he done? Yeah, like Every like, time he shoots, he misses the net by 35 Yeah, like,
2: like he's a fine player, but you probably have too many of those... You know, just he's exactly what my buddy in Pittsburgh told me
3: after that trade. He's like, you're going to love watching him. He's He's got all the energy in the world, and coaches are going to fall in love with him, and he'll never score.
2: And I, I think it's the type of guy that if you have him as a fourth line, but you can't have him, Carpenter, and you can't have too he's many... He's on the st- second line right now. Yeah, no, it's... it's that's not... that's not
3: You're not going to win hockey games. With yeah, him. no, that's... like they, they, Drew they, Jarcaro was in that spot beforehand. That's not... You don't win with... Like, those guys aren't... Those kind of yeah. players. It,
2: it, it, I mean, it, it's hurt that two Taves hasn't been that player. Kubalek's inconsistency. Like they need they need a they need uh, a few more players. I argue Kubalek's been pretty consistent, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, so it's, uh, yeah, you need, you need some elite players and, you know, it raises the whole group, so it's, yeah, yeah, maybe Strom fits that and maybe, maybe it is a placeholder, but. It could be, that's, the, I think that's the way, I, like, there's no harm
3: in having him here the next yeah. couple of years because there's nobody better coming.
2: Yeah, no, right? no, no, but I, I guess it's, yeah, like, ideally for you the Blackhawks, probably Strom produces a point of game for the next two weeks and they get a second round. Yeah, me. no, that's, yeah, that's, that would be ideal, yes. <laughs> Um, but no, it'll, and you know, I, we'll have more chances to talk to Kyle Davidson here in the future. Yep. And I, I feel like we'll get more details
3: and, um, yeah, you know, one of the things about Stan Bowman that everybody knew is that he was very close to the vest, the way he played things. And I do expect, you know, transparency has been a buzzword around here and I'll believe it when I see it, but I do think that, that Kyle will be more available. Yeah, He couldn't be less available than Stan was. It was like three times a year you'd speak to him. Um, you know, I, I go back when I covered the penguins, man, you, you talked to Craig Patrick, he was the GM. So again, how old I am, uh, every single first period, the door to his suite was just open. It was just open. If you had a question, you go pop in. That was when you were allowed to do that. I'd love to see something like that implemented where, you know what? I need to talk to Kyle, but I only have like one, two questions for him. Let me just bug him for two minutes. Like that's how it should be. Right. That's how it is in a lot of cities. I'd like it to be like that here. It's it's, uh, a very important voice in the organization and he's not, doesn't seem shy, he should be allowed to be yeah. available. No, I,
2: I think it's important for him, too. Like, if you are taking a rebuild and having a patient approach the more that you can be honest and he's open. He's got to be the voice of it, too, right? Yeah, like, he's, uh, the, for fans not to want to, you know, kill you after a year or two, right. like, it's got to be. For his
3: benefit, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, he, he needs to be out there being a, a, ahead of all of this, really. He's got to get ahead of the
2: message. I, I haven't, uh, you know, I, I've been covering the Blackhawks for, what, 10 seasons 10 season, yeah. But uh, I haven't covered a lot of pro sports, you know, I'd helped out with the Bulls and the Bears, and my only other experience covering, like, a, you know, I covered the Sean Flyers, which is an independent team. I covered Chicago Wolves, and... Kevin Shoveldayoff was the GM there, mm. and so I, uh, I'd request my game, and I'd get them. They they bring him up during an intermission, and I'd talk to Shoveldayoff for ten minutes, and I have a story that I write about whatever. Yeah. but like that was, uh, yeah. So I I think I think that would benefit. I mean, obviously, it would benefit us. We're
3: selfish when it comes to this. We want to have these voices in there, but I think it would benefit the Blackhawks. Kyle Davidson, you made him today. You made him the face, especially because Derek King is probably not going to be the coach next year he might be involved somehow Mm -hmm. but he's probably not going to be the head coach Right now, Kyle Davidson is the face and voice of this franchise, and he's good at it. He's a good talker. He doesn't have that monotone. You know, st- my my wife used to always call Stan Bowman the most exciting man in hockey. It, it, he just he was just a tough. He listen. doesn't. He, d- he
2: also doesn't like. He's not talking down to. He's not. No, like,
3: he's not condescending. He's not filibustering. Oh my God, Stan would talk forever each question. Like he see he he can give you what he's 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 got a presence. He can speak intelligently about. I everything. don't miss
2: the Scott, but he'll be like Scott, but but will oh, drop our name into every answer, yeah. <laughs>
3: You know, kind of like I would not agree you know, with that. But. We don't number our lines, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that you know Kyle is he's he is adept at doing this, and he could be a good voice. But you need to let him do that. Mm-hmm. The Blackhawks need to. It be sounds comfortable like with as of him. today, like that. Yeah, I think they're open. That's to that's this. and that's that's. That's good for the Blackhawks, it's good for the fan base. It's certainly good for us to have any kind of access. Um, I think we're gonna hear a lot more from Kyle Davidson in the, in the coming months. And it sounds
2: like the Black yeah. I mean, hopefully the I mean, Jamie Faulkner obviously sat down with me for the Pat Foley story yep. and it, it sounds like they're more receptive to that and certainly being beyond the, the, the Kyle Beach I mean, both lawsuits. It helps, so yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that it leads to better access and so, leads to more stories. Speaking and, of
3: the Pat Foley story, can yep. you? Uh, there's been a lot of confusion about John Wideman's situation. Yep. Can you explain exactly what the plan is for John Wideman?
2: No, but it, it, it,
3: I, I, I've seen people take
2: your story and interpret it
3: like a thousand different
2: ways. It sounded like that. From what I gathered was that Whiteman was going to be part time in the radio. Like they're going to have more of. Um, yeah, I don't know. Some, some of their rotating cast. Yeah, this year it, it sounded involved. like more of the radio would be rotating, where they understand the TV was more of um, whomever they choose. It's going to be more of a full time gig, where I, I think they they think of the TV at a different level. But yeah, you know, she Jamie Faulkner said that Eddie Olchek, uh John Wideman and Troy Murray are all part of the future, so we'll see. Um, you know, all their contracts are up. I haven't heard about any ex- extensions yet, but they, you know, she clearly stated. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I you know, even with pat foley like i you know like he was open about you know not you know like that the the grind isn't what it you know like he like it's been nice to step away from the grind and that he he doesn't I
3: i think last year in for so many people in this business from our side from the broadcast side from the player's side last year the COVID year really changed perspectives people who got off the road realized oh my god i don't miss the road I
2: missed the road. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, I think
3: Pat, I, I think there was an awareness that, you know what, I didn't, that, that grind is, it's a hell of a I grind.
2: think it's really hard because he. I think he still loves it. And, yeah. and, and a lot of the, you know, like you, you, caught himself kind of thinking like you know like i asked him if he was willing to step away now like is he ready to and he's like you know that's a fair question um and and he said and i think the way that he thinks about the job is that you have to be there every game of the year like you have to be right. there all the whole time so yeah if people, he, people underestimate just how difficult it is to to call the other team yeah and,
3: and he that's talked what he about said. that yeah, a lot he in the, story. About the devils you know like yeah. he hadn't Called the Devils in a couple of years. Like when these teams come in, there's times where I'm like, "Who the hell are these guys?" Like, yeah. what, what? I've never heard this name in my life. And he just, Who's Dyson Mayo? What the hell is this? And and and, and when you're a broadcaster, like I can get away with it because I'm not extemporaneous on the air. Broadcasters have to know who these guys are and really know a lot about them. To, you know, to put them in, in context. It's a much different job than we have.
2: It's tough. I think for John Wyman, this is I. I you know, I haven't had any conversations with him yet, but I, I, I imagine this isn't what he wanted. Like he wanted, he wanted the TV, he gig. wanted the TV gig, and he was with, really good at. And it. And if you're not giving the TV gig, I, I like he certainly still want to be doing radio full time. So I, and I, he's so good, and everybody loves him because he's just so good at what he does. So I, I, I would guess um, that this is probably tough, and like I, I think not the again the Blackhawks aren't forcing forcing Foley out. Like I think. Uh, you know, I I think they would have brought him back if that was his clear intention, but I also think that this, I I think the Blackhawks had a different vision for what the broadcasting is, you know, Jamie Faulkner talked about uh, the social media aspect and, and, you know, the certain broadcasters have been really good at that, and Foley said, you know, uh, that, you know, thankfully they haven't asked him to do any of that stuff, because he would have told them no, and it (laughs) would have been an argument, and I loved how he put it, you know, he's like, like, for Uncle Pat, that would be, you know, (laughs) but, yeah, so I, I, but I think they, you know, they've They've reimagined, you know, like they talked today about reimagining the hockey operations. I think they've reimagined a lot of different things, and whether, um, I, and, I, and I guess it's different. We're both in our forties, so I, I think we think of it differently. I don't know if the social media really matters. The broadcasting, I, I wonder. I mean, I live on Twitter, and I don't think that shit matters. At yeah, all. I don't. You know, like I, I don't. I'm not there either yet. I, I, I don't, don't.
3: I don't need like, like I, I watch a lot of sports other than the Blackhawks. I think
2: you need a really good call, and you obviously need a really good team. And yeah, uh, the- I, I, you know, like John Whiteham and Pat Foldy, and I've heard enough broadcast team other broadcasters are in the elite category you know yeah. like there there are some really bad broadcasters on oh the God. league and there's some really really bad and ones. And, and, and both of them are, 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 are near the top so I I, I think that's a challenge and I, and I the fact that Blackhawks decided to go in this direction um, that they were gonna bring someone newish in um you know I, I think you know like they're gonna use this year as a trial um, and, and I think this is of eye-opening to Jamie Faulkner, too. I don't think they expected the type of, uh, you know, the anger they there's got. Been, been,
3: been, oh, my God. Our comment section every yeah, time. Like Holy it's, cow. It's,
2: um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think they've they've listened to, you know, uh, Jamie Faulkner. I don't think I had it in the story. But she said, we're not going to make our decision based on social media like there's there's a lot of anger there like we listen to the fans and we've you know we, we do go in the comment sections they do go on the social media they do um you know they put out their own surveys they're going to take in a lot of different input but i i think they've you know like even you know we talked a little bit about colby cohen and and she's realized that you know she's really good between between the benches and they think that's where his bread and butter is so they're going to try that out more here in the in the coming months before the season ends so i, I think they're listening to people i, I don't think I don't think people are going to be happy because it's it's going to be a relative newcomer um, and they're not going to be Pat Foley and, and they potentially for half the time might not be John Wideman. So I think that's, it's yeah. really difficult for a lot of people and I, and I get that. So um, yeah, it's going to be something that's going to be continuing to analyze and, you know, but yeah, I don't, I, I yeah, I don't think Wideman or Foley both are, are ready to walk away in any way,
3: you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of change going on these days at the Blackhawks. So yeah. uh, we'll see how all this plays out. We got a, uh, Obviously, we'll have more thoughts on Kyle Davidson' decision, and we'll have trade deadline and stuff out the globe. We got the the who's, who says no, or what? What did you call it? The uh, why say why why not now or something? I think I think I said why say no. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I honestly, I, I knew it said "Who said no?" And just my, my, my thing. Who just, says no is like the Athletics brand, right? I mean, I think, I think and it was, it was, it. On,
2: it was honestly it was just it was a typo. see, like so you need to be better on was, social media. Two, and Jamie Walker was right. It was two letters that were right, and the third one was wrong, <laughs> and you jumped all over it, like knowing, like, you couldn't let it go. Like, <laughs> no, was, I can't let anything go. You know that. Yeah. But uh, that'll
3: be coming up soon, and we'll have more than uh, uh, coming up. We've got lots of stuff planned. Um, stick around. The Blackhawks aren't going anywhere, but. Uh, neither are we, and uh, always- you know, you know. What I was gonna. I,
2: I think you know, having that. Yeah, I, honestly, we had not sat down and talked to Jamie Faulkner for, very much or, or Danny Woods. Like I, I, I don't, you know, like the social media stuff. I don't know if we all completely agree, but I, 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 from my interactions, like they seem smart people. Like I know that they're they they could. Killed too on social media, but I don't know. Like that goes I, with the job.
3: I, I, yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, they're 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 roughly in our age bracket, so I mean, they, they see they see the, the game the same way they they've seen the the changes in the game, and they're young enough to understand where it's headed. And yeah, no,
2: I, just, I don't know. I, just, I guess the, the fact that we've been able to interact with people that we haven't really had an opportunity to, you know, yeah. like even Jamie Faulkner brought it up. Where she's like, you know, we haven't had a chance to talk about the narratives uh, about Ron Pat Foley, and yeah, I don't know. Just having those conversations, like it, you know, like it easy, It makes our job easier, but I also think it allows. The fans to get more insight, and I think it benefits everyone. And um, so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, hope, I'm we, hoping we don't work for the team, but we are the conduit. Between yeah, the team so I'm, and, I'm hoping and I'm and hoping fans. there's more of that because I, I, it's been uh, like there, there's less of a yeah, I don't know. There was sort of this negative, like you know, like not a negative relationship, but it was just that they, no,
3: it's been adversarial. It's yeah, like, let's for not sure. mince about yeah, it. No, it's but, been yeah. adversarial for years, yeah, and I think that that is easing up, which I think. Uh, at at the very least, more honesty going back and forth between us and the and the team is is, is can only be a good
2: thing. Yeah, not for sure. Um, so yeah, for as so of now, we're sticking around on the beats until yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got a vacation coming up in three weeks. Yeah, two I'm days after the trade deadline, I'm getting the hell out of here. And I go, I'm clinging to that. You had your Florida trip last week last month. Okay, I'm clinging. Clinging. I know. I need. I need. It's been a long year. It's Scott. my own fault, but I just. I didn't, it's been a long year. It goes in complete figure. And it's only Wednesday, Lemon. <laughs> I know. Um, oh, but just. yeah, we'll have uh, <laughs> at
2: Thursday. Duncan Keith and Nicholas Charmelson will. Shit, we didn't and, get into that. Yeah, will both be in the building, and um, yeah, we're gonna write about that stuff and trade deadline, and yeah, and then we'll yeah, we'll do more podcasts. Then we'll talk about the second round draft pick they'll have. <laughs>
0: It's exciting, baby.
3: All right. Until next time, I'm Mark Lazarus. That's Scott Powers. See ya. And
0: I know See ya. That I can't fix it. I can
1: help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try?